Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. This season is sponsored by Editor Ninja, the internet's favorite flat rate content editing service. Founded by veteran marketer and entrepreneur John Doherty, Editor Ninja provides professional editing services for a flat rate. No more nickel and diming over individual content pieces. Just subscribe and add content to your queue and your dedicated editor will get to work. Schedule a free editorial assessment with John today at editorninja.com demo. So one of the questions we got when we were sourcing topics for this season of the Freelance Writing Coach podcast is how do we keep track of assignments and manage our calendars and basically handle project management? And this is something I've been thinking a lot about. I actually just wrote a newsletter about this because in 2022, I was really, really busy basically all year long. And while that's a great problem to have, it also very quickly leads to burnout and feeling resentment towards your work and basically being tied to your desk when you'd really rather be outside and kind of enjoying the freedom and flexibility of freelancing. And, and you know, that's one of the big perks for why people go into this career path anyways. So today I want to talk about how we handle this and how we're maybe planning to do this better in the year ahead. And hopefully that'll have some ideas for the listeners to consider as well. So I want to kick this off with a question for you, Emma. Do you use anything formal as far as project management or like, how do you handle that? What does that look like for you? Yeah. So I would say for me, it's changed a little bit over the years, but the current process I use is a combination of Todoist, which is basically like a to-do list tool, but it's more robust than kind of like writing a pa- writing it down on paper. And it syncs with your calendar and all of that stuff. And so a combination of Todoist using paper and using Google Docs and like Google Sheets for various projects. So like maybe it it would be helpful to sort of walk you through what the project management might look like, like if you came to the project. That, That would be great. Yeah. So let's say like you come to me and you're like, hey, Emma, I want you to write five blog articles for me. We'd go through the process of me finding out what those are and doing the research and us establishing all of that. And then on my end, to make sure I knew when they were due and and all of that, I would just create basically tasks, items, and to-do lists. And I am not a very systems-oriented person. So when I use Todoist, it isn't like first draft, spend 10 minutes on it today and spend 12 minutes on it tomorrow. And it's not very detailed. It's more like draft due, you know, draft due on this date. It's basically like the title of the blog article and they're all like under, you know, the Kaylee Moore client title of the blog article and the due date. And I would add all five in with their due dates. And then that would automatically sync to my calendar. So I would see on my calendar on August 5th, this blog article is due. Sometimes I might've told you that it was due on August 7th, but I put it in August 5th in my calendar. So I make sure it's done earlier. So that's kind of like how it looks on my end, but my clients never see to do this. Now, some of the time it's fine to say, Hey Kaylee, we're going to do these five blog articles. And here are the due dates for them all and just send them to you via email. And that's like perfectly enough. But if the project is bigger or if there are a lot of moving pieces, I might create either a Google Sheet 
or a Google Doc that kind of is like a project planner doc. Um, So I recently did this for a client where they hired me to interview like eight or 10 clients of theirs, basically. And it was like too many to just kind of like keep organized via email. So I created a Google Doc that had sort of like the actual project plan. I, I created a table within it that had the name of the client, the status of what we were working on, the date expected for the draft to be delivered, and then like a link to the draft. So, and then the client could also look at that at any time to know like what our status was, right? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so that's not always necessary, right? Like it depends on the client. It depends if you're doing like something that's kind of big and in bulk. Lots of freelancers use like a spreadsheet that they share with their client. And then I would say like, in terms of more like day-to-day project management, I have recently moved, not not with like an, if it was Kaylee Moore, I don't think I would do this, but with my software clients, they pretty much all communicate via Slack internally. And I've been finding that getting into their Slack channel versus just communicating via email has been really, really helpful for me. Like it's better for my workflow uh, to be able to ping them and ask a quick question or for them to get in touch with me via Slack rather than email. I just feel like stuff gets lost in email so easily. So that's, yeah, so that's kind of like how it works. So like internally, it's basically Todoist linked with my calendar. I'm incredibly dependent on my calendar. And then externally, it's either just sort of like a simple email communication or Slack. And then sometimes that's paired with Google Sheets or Google Docs or whatever I think we're going to need to get the project off the ground. I know I just like talked a lot about how I manage the project management, but like maybe you can either ask questions about that or tell me what you do. Yeah. Wow. I just, I realized I just did the Midwestern no, yeah, <laughs> reply, which is nonsensical. I, I didn't know that was a Midwestern thing, is it? No, it is. yeah. It's like the whole meme about, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> this reply that we do. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So before I get into my process stuff, I wanted to touch on a couple things that you talked about. So you said that you're heavily reliant on your calendar. I think that that's something I really am too. And I use the calendar in my phone. And for calls, especially, I will set up alarms and alerts five to 10 minutes before because I have a bad habit of either getting really deep into work or getting up from my desk and going off to do something else and forgetting I have phone calls. So those have been, those alerts have been really, really helpful. That's genius, Kaylee, because I do the same thing. And sometimes I, sometimes I come to a call like five minutes late and I'm I'm like, I'm sorry, I have like writer problems, which is like, (laughs) I was really deep in something. I thought it would take like three minutes. Yes. You get into it, you forget. Yeah. So what did you say? They're five minute alarms or what? Yeah. I I usually do it, uh, set it for like five minutes before just so it's top of mind and I can't get distracted within that very short window of time. So that's been really helpful. The other thing that has been really helpful is kind of the same thing, but email reminders. So if there's somebody I need to follow up with or a project that's stalled, or if I'm waiting for a deliverable or a reply on something, I have email reminders set up. So I'll get a little flag in my inbox that says, hey, it's time to check in on this. And so that's been really good, just kind of a way to automate so I don't forget things because that is easy to do. But as far as day-to-day workflow and project management, I'm kind of like you. I'm I'm very no frills. I don't use a lot of software for this type of stuff. I have a steno pad on my desk. And I've done this basically since I started freelancing full-time. I just use a 
basically like a month view to see what projects I'm working on and where they're at and what the due dates are. So it's just handwritten, very low tech. And then I also recently discovered Mariana has a project planner that helps you basically determine what your workload is and when you're at capacity. And when you're at capacity, you can either start booking future projects and getting a deposit so people can get a spot on your calendar, or you can maybe refer it out if you're too overloaded. Maybe that's the point when you start subcontracting some projects. But that, I'm excited to see how it works because I, like I said, I really overbooked myself last year. I was busy all the time, which is great, but not to the point where it gets stressful. And so in using this workflow manager, again, it's it's kind of a, it lets you see where you're at for the month. It lets you also get some key metrics into how you're working with clients. So maybe there's clients you are working with on a really repetitive basis, and that's an opportunity for a retainer package or to kind of price things in a different way. So there's incentive for both parties. And when I say that, I mean things like maybe you lock in a three-month deal where you know it's X amount of posts for X amount of dollars, and you've got three months for sure locked in with this client. You've got space on your calendar for them. Everybody's happy. Maybe they get like a small discount for the, the guarantee of work. And again, that's a great way to like keep yourself busy and make sure that you have plenty of projects ahead of time. The other thing too is it helps you see which which clients maybe you're getting the most bang for your buck out of. So if there's a client that's okay with a higher rate and you are enjoying working with them, that's a good way to see that. Because I feel like one of the problems that freelance writers have is we're not really good at looking at this data and then making informed decisions as far as workload goes based on those patterns and trends, right? We could all be a little bit better like data-driven marketers when it comes to that stuff. So that's, I'm really, I'm excited to get into this this new year using that and to see how it helps me optimize things a little bit. Have you bought it yet, Kaylee? Yeah, yeah. It's a Google sheet. It's so simple. But I, so I bought it maybe like a year and a half ago and it was too much for me. Really? Uh, not because of like Mariana. I just basically thought like, so I think it's genius in the sense that what you said of like, if we had more data about how our businesses were run, how much we could take on, then we could, uh, it would be like much easier to run the business efficiently, scale it, deliver consistently. Like I think if you have, if you know, like each month, I basically have the capacity to do 10 case studies and 10 case studies, I charge X for and you just like have so much insight into like how much money you're going to make and what your capacity is going to be. But I just remember like looking at it and being like, this is for someone that's not me. And I think that that's just because I'm like not very systems oriented and I need like a lot of handholding for this stuff. And I talked about it in a previous episode about coaching that I had actually hired a systems coach It was like around the same time I bought the planner because I was like, it was like, I was basically like, I feel like my project management is not very good. And she's the one that helped me like uh, optimize to do this because I feel like even the simple strategy that I, that I talked about at the beginning of this episode, it was like really hard for me to come up with on my own. Like, it's just not something that comes naturally to me to do that kind of project management. And I felt like, like, I couldn't, it, like Mariana's resource, while it's totally amazing, was it was like too much for me to handle without like maybe getting coaching of, for her to how to set it up. So I'm really curious like what you think about it as you explore it. 
Yeah, I think that's kind of the case with always with any type of software or tool or whatever, you know, it's it's personal preference and your work style and and while it might work for you, it might not work for me. And so you the only way to figure that out is to experiment with it and try it. Yeah, and I think that actually is like a nice segue into the next part of this I wanted to discuss, which is like what have we seen other freelancers use for project management or like even content marketers or like just people in the space, like what are they using and what can our listeners kind of look into? So we've talked a little bit about like, you can use paper, you can use something like Todoist, you can use, you could use exclusively your calendar and put all of your due dates for things in your calendar. You can create your own solutions in Google Sheets or Google Docs. You can get this project planner for freelance writers from Mariana, which we will link, of course. There are a number of software solutions that are built more specifically for this. So like our sponsor, a a past sponsor, Harlow, provides kind of a comprehensive freelance writing software that I think it includes project planning, it includes invoice, it includes a number of other things, right? Like to manage this whole thing. So that's one that's worth looking at. I think Dubsado and HoneyBook also offer that. Are there are there other tools that you hear about people using that you're kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, maybe for them, not for me, or maybe you'd explore it at some point. Yeah. So I think it could be fairly simple software-wise as far as like some people use monday.com or Trello or Asana just for monitoring where projects are at. Again, it depends on the type of projects you do. I find that it works pretty well for blog content because that's a fairly straightforward process, whereas sometimes different types of projects like website copy or case studies, things like that, sometimes those are a little bit more involved. And if you have many, many, many stages, that can get a little bit overwhelming in those types of tools. But for blog content, at least in my experience, that seems to work pretty well. We do use Trello for assignment tracking. So just making sure that everything is delivered on time for Content Remix, which is the productized service that I offer where we turn podcast episodes into blog posts. And so we have a content manager who just kind of keeps an eye on everything. And when a post is ready for editing, he moves it to a different column. When it's ready for publishing and sending back to the client, that goes to a different column. So it's really kind of workflow management more than anything else. Yeah, I've heard of people using like all kinds of tools for this. And some people like really kind of get off on using the tools and managing projects. And I think for some people, it's like really a strength and it's something they really enjoy. And those people tend to love tools with more features like Asana or Trello or Monday or, I mean, there's like a zillion of them. I remember like tweeting about this and asking like, hey, what are people using for project management? And like the list of what they were using was so lengthy. And I looked into them and it's kind of amazing what the variety was in terms of like, what people gravitated towards because there were people like you. And I remember you responding to this being like, honestly, mostly I use pen and paper. Like I use my steno pad. I keep that in front of me. And I had been using a lot of pen and paper too. Like even with the tools that I've discussed here, I didn't mention this earlier, but pretty much every day I have a steno pad in front of me and I used to use a legal pad, but then I copied you and started using a steno pad. Yeah. Is that I basically write like what is on my plate for like that day. So I basically would say like, even aside from the to-do list or whatever, I would just kind of say like, okay, blog article for Kaylee due today, podcast recording today, pay this bill today, 
whatever the things are, like send this invoice today. Because I think there's a project management aspect of like, how do I manage this project with my client? And that's kind of external. And then there's the internal thing of like, oh, I need to like send these invoices, follow up on this proposal, like all of those things, which to me is way more steno patty. That's where I kind of do that work. But my point is, is that there's so many potential solutions out there. And I think the advice that I'd give to people is, It doesn't really matter what you use. It can be simple or complicated, whatever is appealing to you. The key is, is that it really has to help you run your business internally or appear professionally externally in a way that isn't like overly burdensome. Like it has to kind of fit that sweet spot, right? Yeah. The other thing I was going to say too, is that while you and I are both major advocates of pen and paper, the risk here is that if you are a chronic thrower aware like I am, you run the risk of potentially losing a very important list. And so that is like one of the main downsides. Has that happened to you? It has. I've lost very important sticky notes and pages out of my stencil pad. And it's just, you have to really kind of be organized when you do it that way. So that is my word to the wise when it comes to paper and pen, although that is my kind of overall preferred method. Yeah. And and I like what you said. I think I think software can sometimes get in the way of the process and make things more time consuming, definitely more expensive depending on the tool you use. So I always encourage people to take the free or low cost option first and scale up from there depending on how much you can afford to invest in a project management tool and your kind of user preferences, like what what best suits your workflow and makes you look professional and helps you stay on top of things and not overbook. I think that that's a big thing too, is really monitoring your workload and not just saying yes to everything that comes your way. Sure. Once you get to that point where you're super busy, that's a really slippery slope. And and so I think that's kind of where I'm at is just making sure that I'm at a happy place, a happy medium as far as keeping busy, but not to the point of overwhelm. Yeah. I think for me, so much of the project management is about like not forgetting about assignments and having them kind of all log somewhere. Cause I think it's easy to say like, yeah, yeah, I'll take care of that. Especially if it's work with an ongoing client and then just kind of like losing that to do unless it's written down, recorded someplace deliberately. And then I think going back to what you said about kind of like starting small with this, I think it's similar to kind of like this minimum viable website that we talked about in our episode on websites. So we have an episode on websites and I talk about how like, I think that when you start as a freelance writer, you can kind of have this like minimum viable website. You don't have to like build out this like crazy expensive thing. And I think it's true for project management as well. It's kind of like, what do you need to have to be able to get the task done And you can start really small with that. And like most things can be transferred to a tool when you're ready. So like if you're managing everything in Google Sheets and you have a system for that and it works really well for you, well, first of all, if it works really well for you and it's perfect, maybe you don't need to to upgrade that system. But let's say you, you decide, hey, I really need some features like calendar integration that Google Sheets isn't offering and you want to move to Asana. It's usually pretty straightforward to kind of take the system you have and move it to a more robust tool and take advantage of those more robust features. Whereas it can be difficult. It's like the hard part is kind of just like setting up a system that works for you, not really finding the right tool, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So just to kind of wrap things up here, I think if you are in the boat of trying to figure out what a a good tool is to help you get organized for the year ahead as you navigate 
your whole freelance business, experimentation is always a good idea. And what works for somebody else, maybe you see a great blog post or a tweet or something on TikTok and you're like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I need. Maybe you get into it and you find "Mm, that's not so true. So it's trial and error. That's the main message here. So hopefully you've got some good ideas and you're in a place where you're feeling more informed about how to move forward with this. But yeah, I think that we've done a a nice job of keeping it pretty well-rounded as far as options. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com. Oh, 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 o